This is the Growlers Nation Podcast, the official podcast of the Newfoundland Growlers. And now, here's your host, Growlers play-by-play voice, Chris Ballard. And welcome back to episode 12 of the... I'm going to leave a little bit of the music in there. Sounds good underneath. Episode 12 of the Growlers Nation podcast, the official podcast of your Newfoundland Growlers. I am Chris Ballard, play-by-play broadcaster for the Growlers. So happy to have you aboard here for this one. The Growlers are playing some darn good hockey of late. we got a darn good member of the Growlers joining us here as our special guest on episode 12. 22 years old from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Number 26, Aaron Luchuk. Lucha, thanks for joining on today. Happy to be here. So let's uh, let's talk about the team a little bit. Obviously, we're uh, freshly into the new year here. Uh, still lots of games left to go, but uh, currently at least sitting well uh, atop the North Division. Kind of sum up the Growlers' success here for us uh, over the last little bit. Some of the best hockey we've seen in this building uh, uh, all year. Yeah, uh, obviously tremendous year so far. I think we can all be uh, pretty happy with where we're standing. Uh, first place. Um, I don't know, it was 15 games at home we've won in a row or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, when we're here, we're pretty dominant. Not a lot of losses. Um, we've had a little bit of trouble on the road here and there, but that's okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with where we're standing. Uh, happy personally. Yeah. Looking forward to the rest of the season. No, absolutely. No, me too. And uh, we're going to tell uh, all kinds of uh, stories and uh, dig into your uh, career retrospective of Aaron Luchuk, if you will. And uh, I don't think we have to go back too far uh, to really jump into this conversation. Uh, Mem Cup champion in 2017 with the Windsor Spitfires. That was a heck of a hockey team, too. Logan Brown, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, obviously yourself, Jeremy Bracco. That's kind of a neat angle there. Sean Day, Mikey DiPietro. Talk about that team, and that's just the guys I mentioned. You you guys were stacked. Yeah, no, we were we were sick. Um, guys like Gabriel Valerity, first yeah. rounder from that year, uh, Jeremiah Addison, Jalen Chatfield, all guys that came went on to sign NHL contracts and stuff like that. So um, definitely the most fun I've had playing hockey was that year, and uh, that was a special group. We had uh, when I started my junior career in Windsor, we we sucked. We finished last Stop. My, my first year, and but we all grew up together. So my 17-year-old year was Logan Brown, Jalen Chat, or not Jalen Chat, Logan Stanley. We're all 16, and we kind of went to high school together. We grew up together. We sucked yeah. together, and then um, <laughs> kind of as we went through together as our careers, we slowly started adding more pieces and getting better yeah. and getting drafting guys like Di Pietro was our goalie. It was fantastic for us and uh, picking up guys along the way um, it made us into not only a really tight group but a uh, just a really fun group to be together we're all le- pretty much the same age yeah which isn't usually super rare in ohl usually got pretty drastic from 16 to 20 year olds right. which when you get to pro hockey it's a little different when you're playing with 30 plus year olds and you're 20 year old but in junior 16 to 20 seems a little bit more of a gap than yeah, 22 exactly. to 30 does almost so no we had a really fun group and we had a <coughs> Kind of like a weird season, actually, with that that team. Yeah, we'll get into it yeah. a little bit. So I've got here. So you guys finished fourth, fifth, sorry, yeah. in, which is where does that sit compared to, say, other teams that are hosting the Mem Cup? Because I know teams load up for the Mem Cup. How was that load up? I mean, finishing fifth in the conference. Is yeah, that like, no. uh-oh, are we are we? No, it one wasn't here? because that year it was just one of those weird years where the, e- the Eastern Conference was awful. Like, we would have finished first place points-wise. Like, we finished with 90-something points yeah. in the standings. The top team in the East finished with, like, 82. Stop. Really? Yeah. So, we 
the West was just ridiculous. There was us, London, Owen Sound, Sault Ste. Marie, Sarnia. No, Erie. Yeah, it was Erie. Erie. And each team either had was all of 90 points. We had 90-something points. We finished fifth. Yeah, there was like three 100-point <coughs> teams that year, which is yeah. absurd. So for us, I mean. You knew you were a was, good team. Yeah, we were sick. I mean, we, we knew we were good, but we had a lot of injury troubles throughout the year, I think, which was really the biggest part of us finishing fifth and not really going f- super far in the playoffs, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But Oh, yeah. Um, the first game we ever played healthy as a group with our full team was the first game of the Memorial Cup. You're joking. We didn't have the entire season. We had one person out at least from our core players. What? The entire season. And that was and that was probably the main reason why. It's just we never sure. really were able to kind of get going as a group and stuff like that. So it was kind of tough with some key injuries, but we were able to fully figure it out. First round of the OHL playoffs, the fifth seed against the four seed London Knights. London's always good. You knew that was going to be a series yep. before before he even laced them up. Up 3-1 in the series to London, losing in seven games. I like What what happened? Sum it up. Well, to sum it up, one, London was a fantastic team. Of course. Um, guys, they the names you named on our team, there's probably just as equal of good players Big on time. that team. and. They probably, if we had say 16 NHL contracts off our team, they probably had 15 or something like that, or even more. Typical London. Typical London. London Windsor, probably the biggest rivalry I've ever been a part of uh, so far. Only like an hour and a half away from each other. Yeah. Both really good franchises, storied franchises in the OHL, and no, it was a really good series. I mean, we were up three-one, but it wasn't necessarily like a three-one series per se. Uh-huh. We we had won an overtime game, two overtime games. I can't remember what we we blew them out one of the games. But uh, so we were up three-one, game five, coming back to London. We beat, him. yeah, we're going to London, and uh, you would have seen him, Parsons, the yeah, guy yeah, for, uh, played for Kansas City yeah. here in this building not too long so ago. So if you were at the games, you would have seen how good he was. I mean, uh, to me, he was good here. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I'm if two years ago you would, I would have put money on the fact that he'd be the starting goalie for the Calgary Flames at this point. That's really? how good he was. So we went into London, and I think we put up 50 shots. Game five, we dominated the entire game. We lost two one. Ugh. Uh, and so that was like, ugh. That's we felt fine. Yeah, fine. We're up three one. Get a, you get a kind of a buffer when you're up three one. Come back to Windsor. Game six, same thing. I think we put up like 46, 47 shots. We lost two nothing. Oh my god. So he was staying on his head. Um, we weren't panicking or anything like that. Like we, we, uh, we were hurting for injuries though. We had. Uh, like Logan Brown was playing with a broken wrist. Oh, my God. Uh, Brax was dealing with stuff, Jeremy Bracco. Um, I don't even know if Logan Stanley was back playing yet. He had torn his meniscus. Oh, my God. I can't remember if he was playing. So we had guys that, like, I think we weren't playing with a full lineup. Usually play with 12 forwards, 60. I think we only had, like, 11 and 5 playing. Oh, wait. So you are actually playing shorthand? Yeah, like, I don't think we had our full lineup going. It was just, like, we had no one else. We were injuries. And then guys that were playing that were hurt. Um. Yeah, you, so they're not at their best. So yeah, so we were just we were we were pretty banged up. I mean, it was, it was just this pretty much the our whole entire season was like that. So then game seven, um, it was a really good game. I think uh, same kind of thing. I don't we didn't out shoot them like the crazy like we did the first two times or anything. No, you like wouldn't that, expect that in a game seven. Um, in London too. Yeah. In London's ten thousand fans sold out. It's wild. Yeah, and. So I think they went up one nothing early. We can't. They only went up two nothing going into the third. We were down two nothing. Brax scored early, and then I scored yeah. about six minutes left to tie it up two two. Um, 
So uh, it was like it was going into OT, and uh, I mean, you never want to blame refs or anything like that, but in my opinion, I do. But that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's just the business. In my I opinion, work a in. pretty a pretty soft call of a game seven. Oh. There was like a a little like a hooking penalty in like the neutral zone or something like that with a, oh, with two and a half on. minutes left. They called a hook on our team, and we went on a penalty kill, and um, I think it was we got the puck, we rimmed it out. There's like 30 seconds left. Hit a stanchion, kind of stayed in. Oh, they make a pass. It goes oh. cross ice, and they score to make it three two, and we end up losing. Oh, in game no. seven, in London after being up three one, and it was kind of like now what? Um, well, that's a great question. Yeah. Now what? Because you're hosting the Memorial Cup in London or in the Windsor rather, in like six weeks time. Yeah. Was is that a five or six weeks? I got the yeah. dates here. May 29th to 28th. Your last game seven was I think the end of April or something. 44 days between games. That's cr what did you do? So that's the thing. So we it was a it was one of the weirdest moments of my car hockey career. It was have we to were be. lose we're done. We're sitting in the room game 7. We're all kind of staring at each other being like first of all what <laughs> just happened cuz you never expect to lose a 3-1 series. Yeah. Um let alone the way we did in game 7 where we came back and then kind of heartbreak at the end. And so we're kind of just sitting around and looking at each other being like, what happens what's now? going on? So Rocky Thompson, our coach, tremendous coach, kind of just came in and just said, listen, boys, like I don't really know what to tell you right now. He didn't even really know either. He's like, let's yeah. just go back home and we'll kind of reconnect in a couple of days and we'll figure out what's, what we're going to do. So even then he had no idea. He yeah, was like, I mean, well, boys, give me a few. We'll yeah, I mean, figure this out. He hadn't, I'm sure, hadn't really planned for this either. I mean, no one did. I mean, yeah. we had loaded up to make a run to do it kind of, I guess, the correct way of winning the OHL championship, and we definitely had the roster to do it, but with injuries and just and kind of a tough first. team and everything yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, it's, tough it's first not easy. Matchup. It, was, it was just the way it was. So, um, yes, yeah, so we ended up going. I think we, I went back home to Kingston for – they gave us the weekend. I think we probably lost on a Thursday. <laughs> Actually, we lost We lost on my birthday. It was April 5th. Oh, um, happy friggin' birthday. Yeah. So I went home. Had a good couple of days with family and stuff like that, and kind of just sleep it off, kind of reset, and then we showed back up on Monday, and they kind of just pulled us into the room, and we're just like, "Hey, this is the plan." So um, our coach had talked to the only other team that ever won the Memorial Cup that was hosting that was kind of the same situation as us yeah. was the Shawinigan Cataracts. It wasn't too long ago. From yeah, they beat London in overtime. Um, Would have been probably like 2011, 2012. Yeah, like that. recent enough memory. And so he, our coach Rocky had called their coach and pretty much figured out exactly what they did for regiment-wise. Ours was 48, 44 days. Theirs was like 42. Get out. Um, so, yeah, Monday we, <laughs> we had no idea as players, but we went to work. It was the worst 40 days of my life. <laughs> and I believe that. <laughs> the schedule we had wow. set up was, for the most part, we would go six days on, one day off. And so every day we'd show up at the rink at like 7 a.m. We'd do a team... Yeah, we do a team like either five mile run, or we go run to a hill and do hill sprints, or Rocky Thompson, who's a f got a like he's a beast in the gym. Like he's and he a, was, a savage. Yeah, like he's he was probably the most jacked guy on our team as our coach. What? He would run a spin class for us, so we would do something like that in the morning, and then eat breakfast. They either sometimes they catered in, or like you just kind of had a protein bar yeah, and stuff fuel like that. Up. So we'd eat, and then we'd go right on the ice, 
and we'd have two ice surfaces set up in Windsor. There's it was like a fourplex, so we had our rink and then like three other rinks attached. So we'd book two. So for the first <coughs> first hour, we do like a like a hard practice, like battle drills and stuff like that, and then we'd go to the other ice service and we'd play either like a scrimmage against each other or like would work on special teams or some we were bringing in University of Windsor players to play against yeah. like we at the OHL Some draft competition yeah like with the OHL draft was just then so like they were bringing in draft picks to play against because there's no one to play against everyone else is either playing or like or done done and then <laughs> if I was in a situation I would never go play a random yeah. hockey team hey man I know season. your season just ended you want to <laughs> go play yeah. uh, Windsor so what we were doing so we'd finish our work or two hours of ice and then we'd always finish with a bag skate um, oh my god and then so we'd get off and then we'd it was usually around, like, getting close to lunchtime. We'd go back and get some food at home. Like, we all live pretty close to the rink. So go back home, get some food, come back to the rink. We'd do a workout. And then we'd be done at, like, 2-ish, and we'd be done, and everyone would go home and take a nap. And then we'd and all kind of – you did this basically six of so every go seven go days six, for 44 days. Six days on, one day off. And so we did, we did two-week segments. So the first two weeks were six days on, one day off. And then we did five days on, two days off. Then we did four days, because like at that point we we're getting pretty close to the tournament for sure. the last two weeks. So it was more. Then it was more practice more stuff. More game day gearing up. But it was miserable. We like. I was gonna say, cause what was the morale around? Because that sounds devastating. Well, I mean, it was it was one of those things like Rocky kind of presented it to us at the beginning. He's this like, you know, what we, we have to we do. have two options. We can just say, yeah, you know, we'll give it a, a shot when the tournament comes around. We'll practice and stuff, have a good time for forty days, and we'll get blown out at home and embarrassed. Or we can dig in. Um, his his kind of thing was that we played four really good games, and to win a Memorial Cup, you're most likely gonna have to play six or seven. So he wanted to build three more stamina, three more games of stamina into us over those 44 days. That's really. Smart. And we all kind of just looked at each other and we're just like, you know what? Screw it. Like, let's dig in. We have our, a chance to do something cool. Really here. special at this point. Guys are getting healthy. Yeah. Guys are getting back. We're kind of. Really, I mean, we were already a really tight group, but through those 44 days of you just hell, come together much, next level. We came together and we kind of just said, "Let's do it." And so we didn't have any complainers. We didn't have um, anything like that. We had a really good strength coach in Windsor at the time, Joey Garland, and he kind of helped navigate injuries, and um, he was a huge part of it. And uh, he's actually from Newfoundland. No way! So, yeah, so little shout connection. Out, shout, shout out! Shout out, Joey Garland, if you're listening. Um, but, uh, yeah, he did a tremendous job, and um, it worked. I mean, we showed up for the Memorial Cup healthy for the first time, and um, we killed everybody. Yeah, it was a really impressive run beating St. John, Seattle. And I want to lock in on the opponent you ended up playing twice, including in the finals, the Erie Otters. Yep. Dylan Strom, Taylor Radish, Alex Debrinkit. And how many times had you beaten Erie in the regular season? If my research uh, proves me correctly, that's a fat zero. Yeah, we it's they're a Western Conference team, but because they're kind of far away, we we wouldn't play them a lot. We'd only play them maybe t three times a year, where the other Western Conference teams we'd probably play five or six. And we'd play London eight times a year. Right. Um, but they were a, a but they an were incredible team, and they had been my entire career. With McDavid was there, Strom was there, uh, Dermott was there in years past and right. stuff like that. Um, Baptiste, uh, guys like that, like they were sick my entire career. So, but they had never won. They, had, right. I think they set a record for OHL, the first team in OHL history to go four straight years of 50 plus wins, which is unheard of. Wow, because that You're just right. doesn't happen. Yeah. So they were, 
they had been a dynasty my entire OHL career, but they never they lost in the finals a couple times when McDavid was there, uh, but never gotten there. So they obviously ended up being the OHL representative for the Mem Cup, and right. we knew what they could be and stuff like that. But a lot of teams didn't know what we could be just from the fact that no one had ever seen us healthy and stuff like that. And to be honest, the most loaded up team was that St. John's team or St. John, sorry, yeah. team. Um, well, who was on that team? Do you remember? Uh, that was Shabbat. Oh. Um, Valeno, um, Nathan Knoll. Yeah, yep. yeah. Fellow um, new shout out. Yep. I'm trying to think. Julian Gauthier, uh, first rounder, plays yep. in Carolina right now. Um, Zaboral, first rounder, plays for Pro Boston yep. slash Providence, right. up and down. They had like seven first round NHL picks on their team. Get out. That's which right. Which was insane. They had, um, same kind of thing. Like, the, looking at the tournament before. The tournament started. I was like, "That's the team." That's the one because they went sixteen and zero in in their, in playoffs. their playoffs. They didn't lose. They swept I every single. I forgot that. That's why. So we played them first game, and it was pretty much one of those things. Like everyone was pretty nervous. Like forty-four days. Like no one expects us to do anything. Yeah. Like, all the media is not talking about us. Like everyone's kind of like kind of laughing for like hosting them cup. You lost first round. Like, and we played St. John's the opening night. St. John, sorry. You're and good. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of just like one of those things, like it was we're either going to find out really quickly that we're ready for this or we're not. And we came out, and it, best atmosphere at Windsor. I believe it. It was rocking. This sick team we're playing against, and we come out and scored the first goal. And then as soon as that happened, we were dominating the first period. We scored that first goal. It's like, okay, we can do this. And I like it a lot. That of was the moment. And that was kind of the that first one. First one, we went up one nothing. Uh, I think Jeremiah Addison scored. Brackle made a nice play on it. And uh, at that point, I think the whole bench kind of felt like that. Oh, like, That's a collective sense of relief. Yeah, like this isn't gonna be like we're not gonna lose nine nothing every game. We're not gonna be the most embarrassing team <laughs> ever hosting them cup. Like, and I, we ended up winning that game three two. It was our closest closest game until the final. And it was a, like it was a close game. We won three two, and all of a sudden the entire like narrative switched on us like that. It was everyone's all like of a sudden, now we're looking at Windsor. Yeah, like full teams healthy for the first time. We had Velarde back. We had Brown healthy. We had Stanley healthy. We had Di Pietro healthy. He was hurt during the playoffs, kind of, but still playing through it. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was just like okay, like we we're got going this. now. Let's so. go. <laughs> so yeah, we won the first game three two. Feeling and then pretty good, and then dummy Seattle, oh, pretty good, and right? Seattle was that was like Matt Barzal's team. Oh yeah, um, that was a sick team. What? They had, um, Ethan Bear plays for Edmonton. Yeah. Like they had, they had kind of same thing. It wasn't and you don't get that all, far with having just a mediocre team. Like yeah, you're talking about high end guys who yeah, have already <laughs> gone on to bigger and better things. Yeah, this and is crazy. We beat them seven nothing. We crushed them. We beat them seven nothing. What? Uh, I think it was four nothing three minutes into the game. Stop! Yeah, or three nothing, two minutes into the game, or something crazy like that. We jumped all over them, and um, it was just one of those things that okay, we'd won the first game, blew out this team, second game, and then uh, and then Erie it was Erie for the first time in the Mem Cup. So what was it? Was that one obviously with Erie a little bit more familiarity? Was that did that kind of you had at least a closer look than you would have Seattle and St. John? Did that kind of up the the pressure, I guess. Uh, yeah, a little bit. The OHL guys. A little bit. I mean, it was it was also the third game of the round, round robin for both teams, and right. it was whoever won got the bye to the final. Oh. So everything on the line. It's like a mini final. <laughs> pretty much. It was like you either 
lose and you had to go play another game to try and get to the final, yeah. or you win and you get three days between now oh and the final. God. And I think we won 5 2. I think Addison had a hat trick. Um, it wasn't really close. Yeah. I think for them being like arguably the most high scoring, I think they broke records for most goals scored during Probably. the year and stuff they like that. Sick. Like they were, s they were averaging like five goals a game in playoffs and stuff. It was ridiculous. What? And we limited Strom, who like I don't know how many points he had that year. And Debrinket had like sixty-five goals or something like that. Good grief. We left. They got zero points against us. Well, their Sorelli was on that team too. Anthony Sorelli. That's wild. And, and you guys shut him down. We shut him down. They scored like two kind of meh goals. It was one near the end. It was like a five-one game for the most part. Jeez. And you're blowing my mind here. I got you see the headlines and stuff yeah. over time, but hearing the stories is crazy. And then yes, we beat them five two. It wasn't close. It wasn't a good game really. <laughs> we just dominated from the start of like we never trailed. Yeah. In, in the in the in the first three games, we were up three nothing in every single game except for the first one. Wow. We were up two nothing in the first one. So we were up three nothing. Well, we were up seven nothing in the second one, but we went three nothing against the area pretty quick too. So all of a sudden we're like, all right, what were those? My question is this: What were those three days like? You win this game, you're like three days. We just waited 44. What's three more? But I'm sure they were the longest three days of your life. Yeah, it was. It was weird. I mean, uh, I had my whole family down. My girlfriend was down. That's awesome for it and stuff like that. So I kind of we had just had days. We had a day off. And oh my god. I mean, it's 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 a weird feeling because you're at the Memorial Cup, but I was just living at my billet house that I lived at for four years previous. It was just like felt like a normal weekend. It was a normal weekend, normal day off. We just went. Went for a walk, had dinner and stuff yeah. like that. Like, nothing special. Get out. And meanwhile, like, down the road, we were obviously paying attention. The, the semifinal game was between... Well, I think St. John and Erie played each other twice in a row. They played each other in... What was it? Your memory's failing you. Yeah, I know. I can't remember. But um, Erie and St. John finished off the round robin, and it was pretty much... I think Erie waxed them, like, 11-5. Yeah, weird score. Yeah, it was a weird. And then, so we knew we were placing Erie. But we still had two days, and then we came back in, and it was just kind of back to work. And, again, it was one of those things, like, as normal as it could be. We were just at a practice at our own rink in our own room and stuff like that. It felt pretty familiar. Yeah, it was very strange. And then final came around, and it was one of the best days of my life, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fill me in from from the beginning of the day to is that did – you, did you wake up well? Did you wake up feeling good? Kind of how do you start weird, that day? Weird just a weird kind of day because it was as normal as possibly be yeah it was the same routine i had done for four straight years yep. slept fine the night before woke up had my breakfast went to the rink did my usual morning skate yeah we uh went out for breakfast as or like a late kind of brunch as a team kind of thing and then home ate my pregame meal took a nap Get it, was, out. it was one of, it was the weirdest thing just because it's like you're like everyone looks like they're doing the same thing, but on the inside we're all freaking out because yeah, we are on the cusp was, of doing the coolest it, thing any of us. It will was ever that do. exactly because we were literally everyone's kind of it was pretty it was kind of quiet actually the morning skate like everyone was like we had a pretty vocal team like a lot joking team <laughs> like we were a good group but everyone was kind of like it was a weird like for a lot of guys it was their last OHL game yeah um, it was the last time we were going to do this as a group ever as after the, all this we had one more day of it. And, but at the same time, everything's the same. So <laughs> it's a strange vibe. It's a weird. It was a weird day, just from that fact. But I was able to get my nap in. Um, was able to kind of do everything I usually do. Yeah. So showed up to the rink, 
same kind of thing as Morning Skate. It was very the same, but very kind of like quiet. Everyone was pretty to aware. themselves, not joking around, yeah. aware of the situation, aware of the magnitude. And you could definitely tell the aura like of the rink and stuff like that. Like it was packed. I got to the rink at like 4.30 for the 7 o'clock game, and it was It's a place you could outside. cut the tension with a knife in the yeah, building like as there soon was as you walked It in, wasn't hey. even in the building. It was outside the building. Fans already gathering and tailgating and stuff like that at 4.30. No like way. This was big. I mean, Windsor had won Memorial Cups before, but never obviously at home, so... Um, so, day of the game happens and game starts. Same kind of thing. It was almost like the first game of the Memorial Cup when we played St. John. It was just like that first shift. Like, oh, thank God, God it's losing, over with. I'm losing my mind. And at that time, I was playing on more like a checking role with with uh, Adam Lashram and uh, Luke Boca. And we kind of were the line that would check Strom and Debrinkit's line and stuff like that. So no big task. No yeah, big deal. like no big task. We shut him down the first game, but. Um, different game, right? Like yeah, you know in their room that they don't want that <coughs> night again, right? Yeah, so uh, so we, Bracco scored, I think, 10 minutes into the first to make us one nothing, and it was like, okay, it could be one of those nights again because we, every game of the year, so before we'd scored the first two goals at least, and then next shift they came back and tied it. No. Strom scored on just kind of a broken play and stuff like that. So it's 1-1, I think it ended it ended one one after the first. And then yeah, second period. Second period was like five minutes in, we had taken a penalty and I mean if whoever's listening to this wants to look up the clip <laughs> of the highlights, Stroll makes a backdoor pass to Warren Fogle, who's plays for Carolina, and he very blatantly kicks it in the net. Like very blatantly kicks it in the net. And they end up calling it a goal. Stop. So everyone's in shock. Like, our whole bench was just, like, like we'd, we'd yeah. all seen the video, and we we're like, okay, this won't be a goal, blah, 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 and they call it a goal. And then the bench goes berserk. Yeah, so there, all of a sudden, they got all the momentum. Two shifts later, Logan Stanley, just a sifter from the point. Weird kind of deflection goes in, 2-2. So we're like, okay, we're back, blah, blah, blah. It should really show the resolve of our group. No kidding. Then, like, two shifts after that, same kind of thing. TJ Fergus, who I ended up playing with the year after in, in Barry. Throws just like same kind of thing, like a sifter on net. It bounces off like two skates and goes through DiPietro's five hole, three two. And it's just, it felt, it just at that point kind of felt like, okay, like everything we're doing is like not going the way we want to. Like yeah. it's just like weird bounces. We're finally getting back into it. They take the lead. And then they took a penalty for like a delay game or something like that. Graham Knott scored for us to tie it up. So it went like boom, 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 boom. Back, back and, and forth, forth, back and forth the entire game. So it's 3-3 going into the third. And uh, I always remember this. Rocky Thompson comes in. Not He's one of the best coaches I've ever had. Very, very good coach. He's in Chicago for the Wolves right now. Um, will be an NHL coach, no doubt, soon. Um, he just looked at us, and he was just like, boys, we're going to win this game. He looked at us. He's like, I have feel That it. fires me up here. Yeah, he's that. just like, I love you guys. Like, we've been through this week. We've been through... This yeah, entire like season look back at our like last that. six weeks. He's like, we're going to do something special. We're going to win this game. He's like, but you just got to stick with it. You got to believe in yourselves. And I'll, everyone in the room is just like, like goosebumps, <laughs> like, this is real. And so, and we go for the third period. Like, it was pretty tight check. Not a lot of chances. Like, their goalie was good. Our goalie was good. And uh, so, Brown, Bracco, and Knott were the line that was before us. And kind of they were hemming us in, hemming that line in for a bit. And then Bracco, I mean, 
tremendous skater, tremendous passer. Absolutely. Gets the puck, kind of goes, not end-to-end, but he picks it up on the left wall by our bench, and Brown changes, and he's the center, and I change for him. And Bracco kind of does his mohawk 10-2 to skating style all the way down the ice and draws everyone to him. No one really sees me coming off the bench, and I'm able to kind of get into the high slot. He fires a perfect pass right on my tape, and I kind of one-time it, and I get him, I get the goalie low glove. Yeah. And I blackout. <laughs> I don't remember anything, but I remember how loud it was, and I had, like, obviously I remember scoring and stuff like that. I can still picture it, but, like, but it no, in that moment, it's in so that overwhelming. Moment, it was so loud. It was so, like, it was deafening. And we, it, was, it was a 7,500-seat 7, rank. Like, it's pretty decent size, but it's loud. And that's what, it was, like, with 14, 13, 14 minutes left in the game. And, and what was the score when you? when you? So that makes it 4-3, us. Okay. 4-3. Here we go. Here we go. So I, like, all of a sudden, like, I don't even remember. I'm in a blur. Like, <laughs> I just scored a goal, like, in the championship. Like, we're up 4-3, third period. And, like, I don't remember the next couple shifts at all. Like, I don't <laughs> at all. You and really did blackout. Yeah, like, it was just one of those moments. It was just so surreal. You're living in the moment that you can't. The recall is very challenging. <laughs> yes, insanely challenging. So I just remember there's a bunch of TV timeouts. And uh, I remember sitting down and looking at the clock, and there was five minutes left. And it, then it hit me. I was like, five minutes left, and that's and we're up, and it's like, this is n- it's it now. Like this is it. Yeah, this is the moment right now. And so my line being like kind of like the most defensive-minded line throughout that year, we like we, I think we played like f- almost four minutes of the last five minutes. Oh my god! Or three and a half minutes. Like we were taking every D zone draw. We were taking every because they they were just playing their top guys, and same kind of thing. Just like I kind of keep taking a peek at the clock, like four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. So there's a minute left on the clock. I think (laughs) Jalen Chatfield and Sergeyev didn't get off the ice. They're our top pair. Yeah. They didn't get off the ice for the last five minutes. Like they played the entire five minutes. It was just so like you couldn't. I could have played for 60 minutes straight at that Uh, point. Yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. Um, So uh, we kind of we get there's a face-off right circle. We're in our D zone about a minute left, 45 seconds left. Strom beats me clean, completely clean. They make like kind of a weird little switch at the top and puck hits like, they shoot it, the puck hits like the back of someone, it hits the skate of someone and it like rolls on its side. DPS doesn't see it. It rolls on the side and hits the post square on and dies No. in so the crease and we clear it with like, we ice the puck. It's like, 13 seconds left at this point now. Like oh there was like God. 20 seconds left. Like I'm the clip somewhere. I feel like I just watched the whole game. Yeah, like and I know you were on the ice. You took that final face off. Yeah, so that but I just got rinsed clean by Strong. <laughs> face off before and almost like we almost lo- got tied up. Low key, crazy yeah. bounce, which was like the whole game was we were getting crazy bounce yeah. against us. Hits the post square on, falls out. Chatfield aces the puck. Call the timeout and. uh I couldn't like Stroman beat me two or three in a row. Like he's a good faceoff guy. Like for sure, big guy. Um, and we had Steve Ott come in, who played for the Windsor Spitfires, played a long time in the NHL, was a tremendous faceoff guy, and he taught us faceoffs that like week and a half before. Really, of ways to kind of beat these guys because Erie, with like the whole year, was one of like I think they had three guys with the top three faceoff guys in the league. Wow. So he's like, 
I just like I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. I was I did exactly what he said. And with 13 or 13 seconds left, 12 seconds left, I don't know. But it was the game. Like it was face off in their end. Goalie pulled six on five, and I did it. Per I tied him up perfect. I did exactly what Otter said. Want it clean. We get the puck out. I get at the blue line, dump it in. Don't even hear the horn. Gloves, bucket, no auto way. shed, and uh, that was the uh, that was it. We won, and uh, probably the craziest Stretch, moment of my life is yeah. skating back from the far blue line all the way into our pile in the back left corner, and yeah, unbelievable. Whole, whole city's going nuts, and uh, yeah, we. Uh, but that's, we party hard after that. I'd say you did. That's really an incredible story going from out in the first round as, as host of the thing to basically logging a second training camp in order to get in gear for, for that yeah. is absolutely wild. Yeah. So, I mean, not the way I guess you want to do it if you looked uh, the no, way you want to it. No, but that's how you make the history books, man. That's, yeah, how you, that's, that's how you write history. your own chapter that's right, right there. So Unbelievable. And no one can ever take that away from us all uh do you guys, guys on that team. keep in touch? I, don't, I know it's yeah. tough, and I know a lot of guys still play. And I know yep. I even last time we went to Maine, I noticed you hanging out with Sean Day, hanging yep, out. Yeah, one of my best friends. Shooting the breeze. Sure. So that's, that's Talk cool. Talk to him every day and stuff like that. He's He'll be uh, best friends for life and stuff like that. And, and it's it's hard to kind of keep in touch with everyone. I mean, everyone's on their own schedules, no, doing their own sure. thing in different cities, different countries. So you do your best to stay in touch, but uh, that bond that we share – that's we'll, uh, not going we'll anywhere. always be there. I mean, <laughs> we all got tattoos of the. So we all. Yeah. Every, every single one of us has got a tattoo. What kind of tat can you? If I'll you're show allowed to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on my ribs right there. Get out. Yeah. Oh five twenty eight. Yep. That's the date. Yep. Get so uh, we all got that. We all got that like two or three days later. That's sick. And uh, I'm so bought in. I feel yeah. like I was there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. No kidding. Now for your uh, next season, uh, you split the year between Windsor and Barry. Surely it had to be hard to leave Windsor. Yeah, tough. Um, after the Mem Cup, I was kind of hoping to start my pro career. Um, felt like I had done everything I could For in sure. the uh, in the OHL. Didn't really want to be in OA. Uh, wanted to be kind of like everyone else that I was kind of playing with that was ready to move on and stuff like that. But wasn't the cards. Got cut out of Vancouver's camp. Um, so we ended up going back to Windsor. And the time felt like it was the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> and it was by far the best thing that definitely happened for me. It was... Um, went back to Windsor, which was home, still considered one of my homes and yeah. stuff like that. Um, different team, obviously, a lot of guys have moved yeah. on. Um, we were a young group. Um, probably, I think we had like 10 returning guys, 11 or 12 at the beginning of the year. Logan Brown ended up coming back. He, had, he played like the beginning of the year with Ottawa, but came back. And uh, for the first time in my career in the OHL, I mean, I'd always played behind Logan Brown and other top centermen that were on our team and right. stuff like that. And I that was fine. I didn't mind. So I played more of the checking role, but for the first time in you my were career, the man. I was the yeah, I was the guy and uh Trevor Litowski was our coach at after that Rocky Thompson moved on. Um pretty much said, Listen, like you're gonna be our first line center, you're gonna be first PP, you're gonna be yeah. doing everything like that and you're gonna so score, let's a go. score a lot of goals for us. So like here we go and I mean I it was always my goal to sign an NHL contract and stuff like that, but um Never really, you never really think about like how no. it's going to happen or anything like that, and s build chemistry right away with Luke Boca was back, who's the guy I played with before, and he was on my line, so like that's why I had a little bit of familiarity there. But um, for the most part, it was a completely different team, and without patting myself on the back too much, I had a pretty good start to the year. I think I had like 
20 goals first 20 games and stuff like that. Wow. Um, until Christmas, I was, I think, I had 30 and 30 and Whoa. stuff like that, which was my previous career high was 27, and I passed that before Christmas. Get out. Yeah, so, and it was actually one of those those things that we were winning in Windsor. Like, we were, I think, second in the conference again. Get out. But with a Which young Which was maybe, yeah, not expected, maybe, not expected if you were to look at the team. numbers. Yeah. Uh, Logan Brown's back. We were playing together, really lighting it up. And uh, just kind of figured, like, if any other team was in the South we were in, we would go for it again. Yeah. Um, but being the way it was with the we traded pretty much all our picks the year before for guys and stuff like that to load yeah, up. Yeah, didn't have a lot of assets to No, get but to. it was still one of those things that, like, we still had the group that could have done it. I still think we could have if we were able to add another couple pieces. We could have made a run. And so we were at our, <laughs> we were at our Christmas party, and um, it was, like, I don't know, December 18th or something like that, or not even December 17th. And I remember asking our GM, Warren Reichel, who's – tremendous GM won th three Memorial Cups in like nine years or something like that unreal um, saying like listen like been here a long time like four and a half I was the captain that year and I said listen like just tell be honest with me like are we going for this or like am yeah. I going to be the first you're like, asking a like, hard question am I going right? to get dealt kind of I wanted to know like and, to know. and uh, he was like you know what Luch like I feel like this is like we can do this again like being honest with me and I was like, all right, perfect. Like, I wanted to be in Windsor. That's I wanted to finish my career in Windsor and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, yeah, like I was pretty fired up. Like you told all of us. He told of that. you what you wanted to hear. You were fired and up. And then so we had an off day the next day, and then we had a practice, and then we were starting our last kind of three games before the Christmas break. It was Thursday. So Thursday morning, I was walking into the rink for morning skate. Like I always do. Was living with Sean Day, who's my roommate. And cool. uh, so we <laughs> we were ready to go to the game and weird warren was waiting for me in uh in the hallway he's just like luch can we talk i was just like yeah like, no worries like I, it wasn't an unusual thing like yeah yeah all the time get a good rapport yep and uh very very bluntly he said lucha traded you barry <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah by the way uh you're going to barry <laughs> and i was just like Pull. like it almost knocked me off my feet and i was just like no like <laughs> not can't be serious like this is two days after he After me, he I, just fired you up by yeah, saying we're doing like, this again. He was just like, listen, like, they kept me up all night. He's like, they offered me a deal that I just, like, I can't. I can't turn this I down. I can't turn it down. And he's like, you play tonight in Perry. And I was just like, I'm not even in the mental capacity. Like, Logan <laughs> Brown, like, like, I, like, Logan Brown is my teammate, best one of my best friends and stuff like that. I had to call him. He was at World Juniors. And he face I had FaceTimed and I had tears in my eyes and stuff like that. I was like, dude, it's over. Like, I'm gone. And he couldn't believe it because he was there too when we. Yeah. And uh, he's, I was like, yeah, I got traded to Barry. And Barry was a team that like I I knew like rumors were around, um, but Barry wasn't a team that I had ever thought about being traded to. I thought I was getting traded to Kitchener. I thought I was getting traded to Niagara, like a team like that that was like yeah, pro, like started, like one of the teams that was going for it per se. And Barry kind of came out of left field, and uh, yeah, I he was like, you gotta go though like you play tonight in barry barry's like a five-hour trip yeah and uh so i had to sit like we sat down as a team in windsor for the last time and our head coach Litowski wasn't there either he was at world juniors oh yeah so as our assistant coach jared smith who like i consider a really good friend even though he's a coach at the time and stuff like that he 
I think he was said as like the hardest thing he's ever done was like we had a tight group still. Like I was I was a Windsor Spitfire, like I loved that place. And he was just like he had to tell the group in front of, and I was just like, guys, I don't know what to say, like but I like I gotta go. So I went back. I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to my billets. Oh my god. I said, so I had a I actually I said bye to my billet that he was home. Um but my billet sister, Madison, she was at school and my bill mom Joanne was at work and yeah. I didn't even get a chance business to say this is business you had to go it was the first real experience of like okay this is business like hockey like he's like <laughs> yeah so I packed my stuff up as much as I could threw it in my car and drove yourself drove to myself Barry? to Barry and I got to Barry at like <laughs> 645 for the 7 o'clock game I had like a a little pre-game meal on the car and stuff like that <laughs> I met someone halfway to Barry that kind of drove me the rest of the way and I ate and stuff like that and just yeah. kind of get my head together and stuff like that no kidding and uh, never been to Barry never like Eastern Conference team right. played there a couple times in my career didn't really know anything about him um, but they had Andre Svechnikov I knew that was <laughs> <laughs> that worked out so I I was all, all of a sudden thrust onto his line which wasn't too bad and That's um, again one of those like kind of how it felt like in the when I got sent back that beginning of that year. How it felt like the worst thing at the time. Turned Ended out be, up being turned out to be a really good thing and um, loved my time at Barry. Signed an NHL contract as a member of them, and even though it was like a couple of days after I got traded, right. it was pretty, I signed over that Christmas break. And um, yeah, tremendous year. Played with Sveshnikov and uh, Dmitry Sokolov, two uh, Russian guys. So it was kind of like the three Russian lines. <laughs> um, it was kind of the joke around Barry and. I I scored 50 that year. Sveshnikov had 40 and 44, and Sokolov had 50. Wow. And it was uh, probably the most fun I've had playing in the game of hockey. We just kind of did whatever we wanted out there, and it was a lot of fun. And unfortunately, we kind of came up short, but um, it, it was a really good way to end my career, and uh, I'll always kind of be thankful for being a Barry Cole as well. That's a heck of a story, losing to Kingston to your hometown in the second yeah, round. Is that weird a weird way to kind of end my career, losing in Kingston – Game six, two, my, my best friend, Sean Day, who was on Kingston at that point, and Velarde had gotten traded there and stuff like that. It was kind of a weird way of ending the entire long journey of being an OHLer, but I can't, That's complain, how she goes. can't yeah. complain too much about how it went and stuff like that. They were a good team, and I won one, and <laughs> not a lot of guys can say that. So. No, you're absolutely right. No one's going to take that away from you. So yeah, I want to bring you back to a little bit. Just after Christmas 2017, when you signed that first deal, so how long were you with Barry when you signed your first NHL deal then with the Ottawa Senators? Because it wasn't... <laughs> Two days. <laughs> Three stop. days. That short. Yeah, so I got traded. I knew something was in the works with Ottawa. Um, my agent had kind of... They had, were pushing pretty hard at that point. I was getting a lot of interest from a lot of teams, but Ottawa was pretty far and above kind of the pushing the hardest yeah and so i knew something might happen so i got traded to barry played by three and three and then on my way home i got a call from my agent he's like okay hey, we're this is this happening. is kind of happening like i'm on a f i'm gonna do a conference call with a couple of their guys and like the gm assistant gm head scout and stuff like that and i this could happen pretty quickly kind of thing so i was like all right <laughs> if you so, say so <laughs> yeah so played my three and three that weekend with barry bing bang boom and then it's christmas break so i went back to kingston and um, I think it was probably two days in the break. I get, I was in Belleville skating. Um, oh Belleville wow. being 45 minutes from Kingston where they have their AHL team. Um, and he's, my agent called me and told me what they had offered and it was pretty much everything that you could ask for. ticked all your boxes. Exactly. So I was just like, all right. like I guess this is happening. This is happening. So I wasn't even there to sign a contract. I was there just to get some ice time over the Christmas break. And they ended up having a game that night. 
and uh, yeah, I signed an NHL contract in, in Belleville, on. and um, really good family friend, Corey Cooper, is the goalie coach for Belleville, yeah. and he was kind of there to witness me signing and stuff like that, so it was a pretty cool moment for the both of us. Oh, and, that's awesome. uh, um, Yeah, it all happened pretty quick, but yeah, I wasn't on Barry for very long before I signed that deal, and Wow, yeah. that's a heck of a story. Most guys, it's like, yeah, you know, I had talked to them, and then we met, and then we signed it. But that's that's yeah, a, a but it far was more interesting it was, story. I was pretty lucky. The fact that a lot of guys, when they sign their contracts, they're at like their team's office or like their billets countertop or something like yeah. that. Where I was able to sign it with my family, and my family's oh. around for the Christmas break. I was able to surprise like my extended family on Christmas Day with got them all like little Ottawa Senators knickknacks and stuff like oh, that. Oh break it that way. So that's awesome. I was pretty happy and pretty lucky to be able to share it that way and stuff like that so yeah it was pretty cool first pro season then 2018-19 shared between uh, Belleville and uh, the ECHL's Brampton Beast uh, yep. I, I guess in your own words and hope you don't mind we're definitely going to run long here That's today uh, uh, <laughs> talk about I guess uh, last season your first year of pro kind of sum it up yeah it was uh to be honest not exactly how I expected uh first year pro to go I never obviously experienced or anything like that um so I uh, yeah, I, start, I started the year in Brampton. Um, it wasn't how I expected it to start. I yeah. figured I'd be in in the AHL and stuff like that. So that it 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 hurt emotionally, to be honest. It was that's fair. It was tough. I mean, I thought I was gonna be Belleville, close to my family and stuff like that, and ended up being in Brampton in a place I've never really been, even though it's kind of Toronto and yeah. stuff like that. But never kind of Toronto. Never been to Brampton and stuff like that. Didn't really know anyone on the team. Um, I know a lot of Newfoundland fans won't like to hear, but there's a lot of really good guys over in that dressing room and. Guys that really helped me I out know that. and uh, really were there for me, and when it was kind of a really tough time personally and stuff like that, because yeah. I didn't feel good. I was sad. I was upset with myself. I didn't really know what was happening and stuff like that. But the coach there last year, Colin Chalk, really kind of pushed me and hard. He was hard on me, but he was also really understanding kind of what I was going through and kind of made me realize of what kind of player I was and stuff like that and helped me grow. And um, when I did get called up to Belleville, I did did pretty well and yeah. had a good year. We're going to get to the first of our handful of Growlers Nation Q&A questions because it all ties in. There are two questions that will uh, lead us into our next chat here. Aiden Foley asks, what's it like coming here to play in Newfoundland from rival Brampton? And Steph Conway asks, and this is a little unfair, who's the better team to play with, the Beast or the Growlers? We won't ask you that one specifically, but we will. Uh, I mean, you're one of the... The, you're the only guy who's currently playing for the team that would have uh, played against us and, 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 and ultimately lost to the Growlers yep. a year ago. What was your perception of the Growlers when playing them as a member of the Beast last year? Yeah, um, obviously it's it's a little different here with the fact that there's so many NHL and AHL contracted players down yeah. here and stuff like that. So that was different for me right away. immediately felt like it was an AHL game when I play against these guys because of other skill and I mean last year guys like Adam Party were here and stuff like that guys yeah. that were like very very solid established players in, in hockey and stuff like that and yeah it was it was it's obviously a different atmosphere I mean Brampton is what it is there's not a lot of fans that come out to their games and stuff like that but uh you come here and it, it was loud it was playoffs were like really good crowds and stuff like that they're really it was a really juiced environment and stuff like that and it was a really good series I think what was it three overtime wins for Newfoundland and the fourth, the, the other win was like a 2-1 game. Yeah. So it was a good series, I think. Uh, and a couple of Brampton pumpings in the middle yeah, at no, the CAA it wasn't, Center. It wasn't like we went down 3-0, but it wasn't a 3-0 series. You're absolutely right, it was not. It was, we on our side very f much felt like it was an even series. Like we were pretty confident 
when we came, actually when we were flying back for game six, we all, like, in our minds we were going to game seven. Like, it wasn't like, we didn't really have any doubt yeah. that we weren't going to win. And, uh, no, I mean, tremendous series. And then history and took over. And yeah, yeah and then obviously tremendous series. And obviously you guys, Newfoundland was a tremendous team last year and stuff like that. And as it went on to play that they're the team that uh, ended up winning it, obviously. But, I mean, talking to the guys that I played against last year, they all all kind of agree that that Brampton series was probably the toughest series they had. Yeah, that's been kind of the general vibe if you look at, I know you weren't here last season, but uh, the progression through the, the postseason, I, I would say that pretty unequivocally, that that was the, the most challenging and most entertaining series uh, of them all. But uh, we'll uh, bring you back now to Canada Day 2019, wondering uh, how you were uh, told you were involved in uh, the trade. Yeah. Uh, yourself, Cody CC, Ben Harper in a pick, I believe, from Ottawa to the Maple Leafs for Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, and Michael Carcone. What was your uh, – take me through that day. Were you anticipating something? Were you looking to get out? You don't have to tell me if that's yeah, a touchy no, subject. It's a, it's a another kind of funny story of how it happened. I mean, I wasn't able to say this last year, but I grew up a Maple Leafs fan. I was a diehard. Yeah. I was a Maple Leaf blue. It was the color of my room. I grew up. Watching Matt Sundin, I was Matt Sundin in the park, like driveway with my that's dad. Sick. He was Darcy Tucker. We would, we would play it, and that's like grew up a Leafs fan, diehard. Saturday night, hockey night, Canada, I watched Leafs. Hell yeah! So, it was pretty strange signing with Ottawa to start my career yeah, the and first stuff like place. that. But uh, yeah, last summer, July first, I was kind of, uh, I didn't have a sense that I was kind of possibly going to get moved. I kind of felt like maybe the organization was ready to not move on for me, but kind of take us move themselves in their own direction. Yeah, and it, it felt like it was probably the best situation for me, too, to kind of have a fresh start after last season. It didn't really go the way I wanted. Sure. And uh, so I was, so I talked to my agent, well, it would have been June 30th, is that the last day of June? Yeah. So I talked to my agent, and he kind of, we kind of agreed it was probably best situation to kind of start looking for a trade and stuff like that, going up for a fresh start. And um, We talked about teams that were, had, had shown interest and stuff like that, and the Leafs weren't one of them. That really? That came up in the conversation. And so that was July 30th. July 1st, obviously the next day is when moves can start happening and stuff yep. like that. And he, but he just said, listen, like, don't sit by your phone. Like, don't. Yeah, have a day. Like, don't. Do your you thing. don't need to do anything. Like, it's not like anything's imminent. Imminent at all. Like, it's just enjoy your Canada Day. Have fun. <laughs> if something happens, obviously I'll call you and stuff like that. So I said, fine. Yeah, uh, we had a day planned with my girlfriend. We were gonna go to their parents' boat and just kind of relax. Awesome. And do nothing and uh, <laughs> and so we. Uh, 6 a.m. I got a call from an 6 Ottawa number, and I usually wouldn't pick it up, but I had my phone right beside my head charging, <laughs> so I got a call. It's not a number I have on my phone, and uh, you're still like, I oh, just, 613 I just, area code, I might want to pick this yeah, one. Yeah, I just pick it up. It says Ottawa, and I was just like, all right, pick it up. I wasn't expecting anything. It's Pierre Dorian on the phone. It was Ottawa's GM, and yeah. just... Kind of like how I got traded to Barry when I got told pretty bluntly. <laughs> I was told pretty bluntly at 6 a.m. Loach, you're going to the Leafs. Pretty much. It was just like, thanks for being a good member of our organization. Thanks for being a good pro. And uh, we've made a trade, and you, we've traded you to Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and you were like, come again? And I I remember sitting in my bed. Like, this is like 30 seconds after I woke up. Like, I was like, sound uh, asleep at 6 a.m. And I'm just on the phone, still half asleep. <laughs> and he's like, we traded you to the Leafs. And I remember just like. Who is this? Sorry. I remember just like <laughs> looking down on my pillow being like, what just happened? Because it, it was, that was it. It was like a 40-second phone call. It wasn't like a long extended thing. Hey, man, thanks for being good. But now you're with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and then uh, you just said, he just said, good luck. And then click. And this is like uh, 6 a.m. 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm dreaming or anything like that. And it's just like, Phew. so immediately I'm like, I yell out just to see if anyone's home. I'm like, hello, like, <laughs> like, I don't usually something my, my, just happened. Usually my parents would go out early in weekends or days like that to go for like a they're pretty active people, so they yeah. would go to the gym or something like that. So I was like, oh no, I couldn't. No one responded. I was like, they're not home, so I can't tell anyone. It's like 6 a.m. I want to tell somebody. So I'm screaming and yelling, and then all of a sudden I hear my dad outside. He's with my dog. And he's like, what? Like, what are you yelling about? Like, God, shut up. You're going to wake the neighbors. It can't and, be that uh, important. I was trying to think of something to, like, say to my dad. Like, he's a huge Die Hard Leafs fan and stuff like that, too. He always have been. And uh, I found an old Leafs hat in my room that I had when I was, like, I don't know, 10, 11. It was just That's in my room awesome. still. And I, so I poked my head out the back door and, He's like, what? Like, what are you yelling at? And I just, like, grabbed the hat, put it on my head, and I just said, I'm a leaf. He's like, what? He's <laughs> like, I'm a leaf. And he's <laughs> like, no way. Like, And it was a pretty cool moment that we were able to oh, share and stuff man. like that. And, um, definitely wasn't expected by anyone, and that's how I found it. I got traded. Oh, my God. You're just full of stories <laughs> here today. I'm so glad I've asked. So that, I guess, leads us into uh, what would have been uh, – T- talk about training camp, obviously, with the Maple Leafs then and getting to come here to St. John's to take all of that in and just kind of, I guess, sum up your first, uh, I guess, from then to through that training camp here, your first few uh, days and weeks and months as a Maple Leaf. Yeah, it was pretty uh, surreal. I went up to Toronto a couple weeks early and trained and worked out there. Um, I was kind of trying to get a more of a feel for the organization and stuff like yeah. that because I didn't really know much and uh, was able to kind of skate with guys like Tavares and Spezza and Matthews and guys obviously – that are mainstays in the NHL and yeah. stuff like that. And it was pretty cool to kind of be a part of it. There, Nothing against Ottawa, but it's just there's a lot more resources here in Toronto's organization. And uh, it was really evident pretty quickly. And so it was pretty cool to be kind of a part of that um, before camp. And then going into camp, I mean, it's just a different philosophy here in Toronto. There's a lot of a lot of really good players and a lot of, yeah. a lot of bodies and stuff like that. So I knew it was kind of going to be tough to kind of crack that Marley's roster right off the hop with how many kind of veteran guys they have there sure, and stuff yeah. like that. So I was doing the best I could. Um, kind of kind of f- figured that I'd be down here to the start of the season at the very least just with uh, numbers-wise and kind of looking at rosters and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, went through training camp. Uh, it was a very good experience. I think whenever you're at an NHL camp, it's yeah, you got to take something out of it and stuff like that. And I uh, did the best I could with that. And, um, yeah, I was down here and started the year off and uh, been here ever since. Here we go. 36 games played, 14 goals, 26 assists, 40 points, second on the team behind only Geo. Um, what's going well for you this year? And and is it different? This is a tough question for me to even ask you. I know you were down on yourself when first getting down to the ECHL and mm-hmm. seemed like you understood that this may be a destination for you in year two. Yeah. Was it better this time around? Yeah, it was a lot easier this time around. It was last year I felt a little bit kind of by myself in the whole situation didn't really know what to expect sure where second year in the league second year pro um kind of saw coming a little bit more than i did the year before it was pretty That's much a blind side the year before and um i knew what kind of group i was kind of coming into a lot and it's kind of one of been the nicest things about this group is there's a lot of guys in the same boat yeah. as me younger guys that are on con contracts nhl or ahl and we're all kind of in the same stage of life of yeah go starting our pro careers together and stuff like that so i felt like i fit in very well nothing against the brampton team or anything no, no, like no, that no. but it's just a different group of guys a lot of older guys over there that have kind of been there done that which was really helpful for me last year to kind of lean on those guys and their experiences and stuff like that where 
this year I was ready to kind of take that next step and uh, be more of a, not a leader in the room per se, but be kind of more involved and feel more comfortable in my own skin and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was I was excited to kind of get the season started. It was a long kind of training camp process. And, yeah. Um, I was really excited to kind of get going here. I mean, I loved playing here when I was with Brampton. So to kind of get here to be a part of the home atmosphere and stuff like that, it was uh, – it was nice, and I've, uh, I've loved my time here. Awesome. Certainly glad to hear that. So we're going we're gonna to test that uh, ability uh, with a lot of questions coming from our Growlers Nation Facebook group about your experience here in Newfoundland, Paul Loader. But first, he'll ask, have you had a good feed of jigs since you've been to Newfoundland? Now, I will preface this by asking, do you know what he's asking you if you've eaten? Jigs sounds like something to do with cod. No. no. Oh, you're way off. No, way Jake's off. dinner is like basically would be your Newfoundland Sunday dinner, your Newfoundland turkey dinner with salt meat and, and peas pudding and, and probably all boiled. No, I'm, no. I'm losing No it. jigs. No the jigs. The answer is no. So we'll need to get Aaron Luchuk. Uh, I'm down to try anything once, though. So got to get him out. It's good. Dinner. You got to do it. It's like turkey dinner, but it's done the right way. Right. Oh, that's, that's the best way to put it, all at right. least in my mind. Uh, Caroline Rivera asks, have you been screeched in yet? Yep. I was, so I was screeched in last year when we came up with Brampton, so ah. I had already been there, done that, and uh, I guess I was already an honorary Newfoundlander before oh, I became part of the Growlers. We were destined to be. Yeah, so... Uh, what do you remember of the experience? Oh, it's a lot of fun. We did it at Christian's yeah. um, as a team, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name that did it there, but he had done He's it He's a legend. He had done it with Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Um, at the t and telling us stories with that, and so he did it. He did a good job, and it was a lot of fun, and... I was able to kind of be a part of when we did it this year as a group. Oh, cool. And kind of watch them go through and stuff like that. So it was, it was a good time, and it's always uh, a lot of fun. How did the screech uh, hit you? Well, what did you think? How did it hit the palate? It's not the best. It's tasting. not. <laughs> That's <laughs> like pretty much the point. <laughs> but uh, I, I've kissed a fish before, so it wasn't the first time I kissed a fish. So I won't ask why you've kissed a fish before. I, you, what you do on your own time is uh, is yours, <laughs> but uh, we will move on. Uh, Cindy and Mike Stone ask, what do you think of the Newfoundland weather? And Morgan Stacy asks, how'd you feel getting snowed in for a week? So I think we'll just, let's talk the storm experience, because I think that will give us a great indication as to what you think of the Newfoundland weather. But uh, I can't imagine uh, too many storms like that growing up in Kingston. Not quite like that. No, no. We had a decent amount of snow growing up in Kingston. Sure. Nothing like that, for sure. I mean, I don't, I like winter. It's not. I'm not a, like a But this was next like level, Luch. But, uh, I mean, we had been through that storm kind of like the Christmas break. So yeah. I came back. I wasn't there for it, but I came back and saw all the snow and stuff like that. So You're like, oh, damn. So I, I knew what kind of uh, a little, what I thought, what I was going to expect, <laughs> what I was going to walk into it. So luckily, before the storm, a bunch of us went to the grocery store, and I Thank just God. said, yeah, I'm going to buy as much as I possibly can food-wise. Smart. We were... I mean, it was our all-star break, so I knew I was going to be home and stuff like that to begin with. Um, so I was just like, all right, I'll get my storm chips. Everyone's telling me. There you go. Them. Mel was making fun of me because I got storm chips for like a certain kind of flavor. He told me about that. He's like, yeah, what what flavor are these storm chips everyone keeps telling me about? Yeah, Mel, was, I was like, so Mel, like, hey, like, I hear there's storm chips or I think, like, is it a certain flavor, like a barbecue <laughs> flavor or something like that? And he's like, no, you idiot, it's just chips. <laughs> that you eat during a storm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. So I got <laughs> well, a couple thank you for owning up to that. <laughs> so I got a couple bags of storm chips. What was your uh, go-to? What's your what's your go-to storm chip flavor then? We'll, we'll help you turn this uh, around. All Dress Barbecue, or uh, Lay's Barbecue, or Ruffles, All Dress Ruffles. Yeah. Lay's Barbecue. Okay. 
And then I like salsa. And like yeah, Tostitos, that kind of like deal. That. So that's what I want with. Solid. Nope. Good picks indeed. Ashton Petten asks, uh, how did you feel about the atmosphere here at Mile One and the hometown pride that is uh, clearly abundant uh, yep. in the fan base and in this team? I know you alluded to it. You liked playing here when you were with Brampton, but uh, now that you're a member of uh, the hometown side here, uh, what's kind of been your perception of the the fan base and uh, the group we have it's here? It's a real. It's it's really. It's actually special to play here. Actually, it's it's a really tight knit community, even though it's a pretty decent sized city. And, yeah. Um, you feel like the fans are really part of what we do here, and I think it's evident with our record that we have here and whatever it is. Like, we've lost twice all year wild. at home, which is, like you said, yeah, wild. If you look at the stats, it's not really something that happens normally. Like, that's not a normal Correct, stat. Correct, it's so, not. Um, no, I love playing here. We have a really good fan base. We fill this building a lot, and it's uh, it's one of those things that I, I think it's a real home ice advantage. I think don't, teams don't necessarily feel comfortable coming in and playing here. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we have a good team, but it's a it's a pretty loud environment. Um, the crowd gets on them and stuff like that. And uh, no, it's uh, it's one of the best places I've played. I'll certainly love hearing that. So now we're already over an hour in. I still got some stuff here for you for our special guest today, Aaron Luchuk. And this is we're just now getting to my own research <laughs> and my own dirt about you. So here here comes here comes the good stuff. Uh, I did I snooped the heck out of you on social to try and get uh, something to pull out. You're a creep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Or only in the sense of <laughs> sense of me snooping on social. I'm not an actual creep. Uh, at least I don't think so. Social media tells me that you're just a, an absolute diehard sports fan. You think that'd be fair to yes, say? Yes, any sport. I could watch sports all day, play sports all day. Basketball, baseball, don't matter. I love it all. All right, so we're going to go sport by sport. You're a Pats fan? Diehard. And I saw, you went to a game this season yeah, me while we were on a road trip. <laughs> yeah, me, Gio, and the goalie at the time, Patrick Munson. Um, we were in Worcester. Worcester. No, we were in Maine. We were right. on that like Maine Worcester kind of swing, and I think we played Maine that the Saturday, and we had Sunday off. And Geo came up to me. He's like, "Hey, you want to go to the game?" And I was like, "What game? What are you talking about?" I didn't even I didn't even think about it. And he was like, "The Pats game." And I was like, "Shut up!" Like, what do you mean? He's like, "They play tomorrow at four against the Cleveland Browns. Are we going?" And I was like, "Yes." So I walked right into Snowy's office. I was like, "Hey, like." This is what we're thinking about doing. Do you mind doing? if, like, me and Gio and a couple guys go to the... <laughs> go to the you had to ask permission. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's pretty far. Yeah, no, for sure. No, like, you want to make your coaches aware that, yeah, hey, so this is what we're thinking about doing. So Snowy's like, let me think about it. Like, I don't know. Like, he, I was like, I want you guys to get your rest and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, but, like, I really want to go. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll let you know. So um, he t he texted me, like, a couple hours later. He's like, yeah, it's good. Just let me know who's going when's go and when you're going and stuff like that and just have a fun time so we uh we booked a bus from what? maine portland maine to boston downtown boston yeah we didn't have tickets yet so we're like scouring the internet for <laughs> tickets it was an absolute mess my card wasn't working in the states my oh phone my wasn't God. working geo geo's same thing like it just for whatever reason wasn't working with the huh. ticket sites we were using and stuff like that so like twice we had tickets that we thought we got yeah but it, it, we're it, done, didn't but it didn't happen so we're kind of freaking out. We get to Boston. It took a long time <laughs> on the bus to get. No, it was a bus. We took a bus from Maine. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We took a bus from Maine, Portland, Maine to Boston. Like oh, it was, my God. It was supposed to be a two-hour drive. It took us like three and a half hours because of traffic. Oh, my God. So three and a half hour bus ride. We get into Boston. They don't play in Boston. They play in, New in Foxborough. So we get there. We obviously know that. 
and it's like it's like a 45 minute drive from the from bus Boston. station in Boston to Foxborough to Foxborough and we don't have tickets and we're like Boys, we're what going are we doing? we're going still like it's pouring rain too pouring rain and I just like I was like no screw it I'm calling an Uber so we I called an Uber from Boston because we were supposed to wait for this I get mixed up the train from but it wasn't supposed to show up. The game was at four. It wasn't supposed to show up till three thirty. We probably would have missed the first quarter. Yeah. So I was like, no, we're taking an Uber. So we got in the Uber in Boston, travel, drove forty five minutes to Foxborough. <laughs> got. We ended up getting the tickets on that ride, and it was the best game ever. It was pouring rain. Oh, it's the score. Pats won clearly because yep, the Browns are the Browns. Yes, it was pouring rain. We stood the entire game because that's what you do at a football game. Of course. Cheered, yelled, screamed our heads off, and I think the Pats won like 24 to 14 or something like that, or something like that. And nice. No, it was a dream of mine to. I mean, we're always playing during football season. Yeah, so it I never, never got works. a see to s- chance to see Tom Brady. It was like a bucket list kind of thing to Absolutely. see Tom Brady play in Foxborough, 100%. And uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. We ended up getting back really late, but it, it was, was worth it. It was worth it. Absolutely. Uh, I know you're. Uh, I, I've seen a, a couple of Tiger Woods references. You're a golf fan too. Yep. Uh, grew up. Kind of playing baseball, um, but had to kind of give it up when hockey became more sure. of a thing. So, so golf became more of the summer sport of choice and stuff like that. And I love golf. Probably get to try and play three times a week in summer and stuff like that. So, so what's your average round? What's your handicap? Handicap this year was six. Which Whoa! Was getting better. So that's yeah, a game. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, that's it was a good. Ooh, yeah, I, I, I feel I, embarrassed from having asked. Because <laughs> my swing to borrow a line from Tin Cup is like an unfolding lawn chair. Hey, it's not. <laughs> Takes need, needs a little work. Yep. I'll put it to you that there way. You uh, obviously, an NBA fan. I, I saw a bunch of tweets from you uh, about when the Raps won. That, yep. that's, I'm sure a long time. If you're a long time Leaf fan, yep. I assume you're also a long time Raps fan. So that must have been an awesome uh, experience. Yeah, a long time like, Toronto fan, Jays fan too. So yeah. like, to kind of never, I never witnessed a championship of my team. Like Patriots are my team and stuff like that, but it's not close. And it's not win. the same it's as if a Toronto team wins. Right. Like, I'm diehard Pats fan, but Pats win every year almost whatever. It's actually tough being a Pats fan because you have to go through the stress every year of being in a Super Bowl. It's easier than being, like, a Bills fan. I, um, I don't know if you can pick it up <laughs> on the air, but I'm rolling my eyes extra hard. <laughs> but go ahead. So I've never been a part of, like, a championship. A hometown champion. Yeah, and, like, I've been to Raptors games. Like, yeah. I loved, I loved DeMar DeRozan. Like, when they got traded, I was – kind of messed up like kind of sad about it but like obviously with Kawhi Leonard coming in it was a big deal like me and my buddies play pickup basketball all the time like we're big raps fans That's and stuff sick. like that back home and uh Kingston like during the during the finals did like kind of a like a Raptor square cool kind of thing where they played it on like the market square and stuff like that so it was a really cool environment like me I was with my, like me, me and my dad buddies would always watch the games together and stuff like that and then uh yeah, obviously for how they won and stuff like that. It was Wild. incredible and stuff like that. and Insane, like, one of those things, like, you just... Obviously, it was a little different than when you, I won it with the Memorial Cup, but, like, a similar feeling almost, like, you feel like you won it and stuff like that. And yeah. Went to the parade, actually, with no. uh, a couple of buddies and stuff like that. That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good day. No kidding. Uh, what's your outlook on uh, on the Blue Jays for this upcoming season? Are we, are we hopeful? A lot of good young pieces in the lineup? Yeah. No, I mean, Yankees are... Obviously, the prime team in that division right now with yeah. what they got roster-wise. But <laughs> Todd Skirving's listening to this. He is obviously a diehard Yankees fan. I don't. No, think he's never mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I don't think I don't think the Yankees are going to do as well as they they kind of. I think, think you're I right. Mean, I think you're right. You look at every team going into every season. The team that's got the best team on paper. I don't know. Never wins. Well, they're the ones with the targets on their back all exactly. year. Exactly. So I think the Jays for what they've got with Bichette and Guerrero and Biggio and stuff like that. I think future's bright. Future very bright, and with improved pitching staff and Ryu and joining in the kind of what they've kind of built so far. I think it could be. I'd like to say the Jays have a chance at a wild card. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think they're better than the Red Sox, although the Red Sox kind of have bigger names and stuff like that. I think they have a, a deeper I'm hearing team. Mookie kinda. Betts could be on the way out. We yeah, could, we could have an interest. The going AL East is going to be a good division I think the Yankees still win it, win the Here, division and yeah. stuff like that, which is what they got. But Probably I don't by think, a long shot. Yeah, I just don't think it's out of the realm that the Jays win 90-something games and can sweep in a wild card. And all you got to do is get in the playoffs. That's it. All it takes. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, what? Actually, one more about uh, baseball. What's your take on the Astros scandal? Real it's quick, we're yeah, not going to no, dive down no, into yeah, this. Yeah. It's, but, it's uh, a weird situation because you never. It's I don't like. Obviously, the Patriots had a couple scandals, but like never. Yeah. Something not like, like this. Not like this, where like it's been proven. Like the Pat scandals were never really proven. They're kind of no. just like. And it also just the Pats just kind of felt a lot like oh well let's the Patriots have been good forever and yeah like the Astros I mean. It's you start diving deeper, and me and Todd's, a, like I said, a yeah, yeah. tremendous baseball fan as well, the Yankee fans. So we were Absolutely. kind of diving in and, like, stats from home and away for the Astros and stuff like that. It's, it's sad. I mean, you kind of look back at it, and it taints guys' careers like El, Tuve and Bregman and stuff like that who are tremendous players, but we're cheating. Straight yes, thank you for calling it what it is. They were cheating. And I think I they should strip him of the of the title. I don't, I don't say award it to the Dodgers. But I'm saying you strip it like they did the Black Sox. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't think they should do that. But I think it's punishment's pretty fair as it stands. As it stands, I don't disagree with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play this year. But I'm, I mean, it's it's more sad for guys. I think like Clayton Kershaw, guy that is now considered a playoff disappointment and a career playoff disappointment. Because and you run into a team that... And very well could have won a World Series if they weren't cheating. And I agree. Yeah, so it's it sucks. It's not a... He's kind of a bitter taste in your mouth. No, absolutely it does. As a, as a big sports fan, i got to ask you a couple of sportsy questions. Uh... Another quick peek on your Facebook and Instagram will show me a picture of the cutest dog in the world, Duke. Yeah. Uh, that's that's your boy? Yeah, that's Dookie. Yeah. It's Duke. a beautiful dog. You're clearly a dog guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's my boy. He was one, actually, like, kind of my, we were never able to have dogs growing up with my family just because I was always gone on weekends. Micah, my sister, she was the same thing. She played hockey and stuff like that. So yeah. she was gone. She'd be gone to Ottawa with my mom or dad one weekend and I'd be gone the next same weekend to the other side. It makes sense to have a dog. So it never really worked out and so I always felt kind of robbed of having a dog growing up and stuff like that. So when I signed my contract, uh, I said, I'm buying a dog. So, um, what kind of dog is it? So he's a, yeah, he's a mini Australian shepherd. Um, bright, beautiful eyes, super cute, super genuine, super kind, super nice. He's the best dog in the world. And, I uh, wish I could have him here with me full-time and stuff like that. No so hopefully, kidding. Hopefully next year I'll be able to make that work. But uh, yeah, right now he's back with my parents. and uh, no, safe, at, safe at home. Yeah, he's safe at home. No, I had to bring it up because that is the cutest dog ever. And it totally makes – kind of comes full circle that the Marley's mascot, Duke the dog. Yeah, it's kind of funny. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm sure that's not why you named no, your dog No, that wasn't Duke. why. But, <laughs> but it kind of yeah. ties in pretty good. You'll admit yeah, that. Yeah, it does for sure. One more question from the Growlers Nation Facebook group asking uh, – this is from – Todd S. Oh, no. Asking, <laughs> hi, Aaron. 
Why do you always steal food from our plates when we go out to eat? Why don't you just order the menu item yourself? Thank you. It's a uh, weird fan question. I haven't eaten dinner with too many fans. Uh, yeah, I don't know who this Todd S guy is. He's ne <laughs> he, he's never been on, not on at all before. Never See, done this. I'll just use an example of Todd Skirving. When we go out to eat, when I go to eat with Todd uh -huh. Skirving, not Todd S. Different people, definitely. Different people, absolutely, <laughs> completely different. You go out to eat, you want to try a bunch of things off the menu, but you got to stick with one. Yeah. So I just ask for like, hey, can I have a little like, kind of like a fry or something? Yeah. Like something quick. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Apparently Todd S. has offense to that. I'm Share your fries, Todd S., whoever yeah. you may be. Yeah. And then I, Gio's usually there, and Gio's probably got like two or three plates that he ordered for himself. He likes his food. He's We've a big been eater. through that, I hear. He's been a guest on the podcast. <laughs> he's a big eater. So I'll try a little bit of his, too. I mean, he's not going to eat it all. Yeah. So, huh? Nothing wrong with it. you got to share the it. love. Exactly. Yeah. We're a team. Yeah. Anyway, that's a Todd from uh, a Todd. A question from Todd S. <laughs> uh, as we speak here, uh, it is uh, the week or even the day for Bell Let's Talk. I know uh, that's uh, a cause I've seen you mention uh, a couple of times before. Obviously, you know, that's uh, an important cause. Uh, talk about why that's. Uh, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot yeah, here, yeah. but uh, you know, mental health and uh, and that kind of thing and awareness is certainly important. Uh, yeah, it's something. Uh, yeah, okay, super go, important yeah. to me. I mean, I have family members that struggle with mental illness and stuff like that and um, kind of seen how it affects people and um, can also see how there's good days, bad days and stuff like that and uh, no, it's something that a lot of people can never tell, well you can't tell on the surface from them. Yeah, you can't. Um, and uh, it's kind of one thing that I learned that a lot of people can go through different things and you'd have no idea and stuff like that to kind of give the people the benefit of the doubt. Someone's having a kind of a bad day, and yeah. um, it's important to be able to talk and have tough conversations with people if they need to talk with someone. And um, I think it's really important in what Bell's doing with Bell Let's Talk and raising awareness for uh, for mental illness in general, and um, kind of getting people more open and more aware of what's Absolutely. going on. And because a lot of people, like I said, are dealing with stuff that you never hear of, and yeah. um, to be able to kind of be there for someone at a time when they need it probably the most is really important so if you ever get a chance to help someone along or if someone feels confident enough to kind of talk to them about what's going on in their life and how they're feeling and stuff like that to give them the time of day and take it seriously and you don't know how much that's probably going to help that person um, in the long run so uh, yeah it's a big day very important day for uh, Bell Let's Talk and um, yeah hopefully it uh, becomes a thing that stays forever. No, I, I hope you're absolutely right one more question before we let you go, and, and I hope I, I my research has steered me wrong on this one. <laughs> oh, no. Have I seen you a couple of times? It might have been, I think I might have seen it on your Instagram story once or twice. You're not a fan of The Bachelor, Oh, I'm you? a big fan of The Bachelor. It's a Come good, on, it's Looch. Best show on TV. Best show on Re TV. I, uh, jokes aside, you, you've watched multiple seasons. You're, you're into this show. Yes, and it, it's I'm not alone. We got guys in the room that we we're all talking, really? about, all talking about it this morning. A lot of scandal going on in the Bachelor. Well, we don't want to spoil it for anybody. No, we won't spoil it. But I like the season. It's a good season. Honestly, there's something to be said for, and I mean, no offense when I say this, but like trash TV. There's something to be said for reality TV. It's not trash TV though. It's quality TV. All right. This has been episode 12 of the Growlers Nation podcast. Uh, many thanks. With this, actually, we are going to end it. Uh, many thanks to Aaron Luchuk, our special guest for today. Thanks for coming on here. Hey, it's been a fun time. Growlers yeah. fans, thank you for support. And uh, hope to see you at a game real soon. 
He said it. Get your tickets now at the Mile One Center box office. Give him a call at 576-7657. MileOneCenter.com. You can listen to all the Growlers games with me on Mixler.com slash NLGrowlers. We will see you next time. You've been listening to the Growlers Nation podcast with Chris Ballard. Follow the Growlers all season long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NL Growlers. Listen live to all 72 Growlers games on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash NL Growlers.